The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Howdy there, and from our studios in Denton, Texas, we welcome you to the Grace Evangelical Society podcast and radio program, Grace in Focus. Today, with Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates, we are in the question and answer format. Today's question having to do with adoption and the meaning of adoption in the New Testament. Is it more about receiving life from God or receiving an inheritance from God? And we also want to answer a question about the meaning of original sin. We're looking forward to this and we'll get to it right after I mention that our website is faithalone.org. Many reasons to go there. I'll mention some of them at the end of this broadcast. We especially want you to be considering our upcoming national conference, which takes place right here in Denton, Texas, where our headquarters are at a place called Camp Copus, a wonderful and beautiful family-friendly Christian campground, and we know that you'll enjoy it. And the dates are May 22nd through 25th. Find out more on our website, and we hope to see you there. Now for today's discussion, here are Bob and Ken. We want to begin this one kind of wrapping up the question from Don last time about inheritance as sons. And there were a few verses we hadn't gotten to, Ken, so maybe you could pick up on those verses briefly. Yeah, it was a great question by Don about the difference between being born again or born from above and being adopted as sons. There are a couple other verses that we wanted to get to. One is in Galatians 4, 5. And I'll read it for you. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Uh, To me, that's very much related to what we said in Romans 8. Okay, now, so here's the question. When he says that we might receive the adoption of sons, is he saying if you're born again, that's when you receive the adoption of sons? Or is he saying when you're born again, that makes it possible for you as a born again person to receive the, you see the difference? Absolutely. And And, that's why it's such a good question. And so which is this talking about? Yeah, we said in Romans, it was the latter. And it seems to me that that's what he's saying here. Because remember in Galatians, that's part of the problem was the people were saying, oh, you got to go back under the law. You got to live by the law. Which Paul calls in Galatians walking according to the flesh. Exactly. Which was what we saw in Romans as well. So adoption of sons here, it would seem to me, is talking about now that we are believers, we have been set free from the law. So now we have an opportunity. Exactly. This adoption is not automatic. At least not in the verses we looked at in Romans. And not here. Well, now, the future adoption, what was it, Romans 8.23, that is guaranteed. Right. But whether we experience that kind of overcoming life now is not guaranteed. Yeah, Romans 8.23 is all believers experience in the kingdom. Once we're glorified. Right. When we receive glorified bodies, the redemption of our bodies. But we can live that way now in anticipation of that. If, we, if we walk we do, by the Spirit. Then in a sense, we're experiencing the adoption as sons. That's the way I see it. All right. Yeah. Now, there's one other verse. Yes, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. He uses this again when he says, well, I want to start with verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Yeah. Now, of course, we're getting into the doctrine of predestination here, which is interesting. 
You have something similar in Romans 8, but in Romans 8, that's that God has predetermined or predestined that the overcomers are ultimately going to be co-glorified with Christ and they're going to reign with Christ. And of course, they will be like Christ. Right. And so the predestination there is not God chose you before you not were born, your... whether you were going to go to heaven or whether you were going to go to hell. Right. And notice he talks about being holy and without blame. Ephesians 1, 4. Right. That's our calling. Yes. And if we're that way, that is how we receive the adoption of sons? Well, I would say another issue is the predestination here. Is it talking about the church? In other words, are the believers who are walking that way the ones that God has predetermined that have the adoption of sons? Right. So I think in all these cases we see, and this is why Don's question is such a good one, that the adoption of son is pointing to something different. Okay, so let me suggest to each of you that you study this issue. I looked it up. The words adopt or adoption only occur, I believe it's five times in the New Testament, all in Paul, and you can study them. And if you're skeptical, pray about it. But people who make a big deal out of adoption are doing it on a relatively small number of verses. And all of them, I think, can be understood within the framework of the overcoming Christian, the victorious Christian. Yeah, and here's the danger of it. When people say being adopted as sons in these verses is the same thing as being born again, it's very easy then to conclude, well, then all believers walk in holiness. Right. All believers walk by the Spirit. That's why this is so important. But that is what a lot of people say. Exactly. We're adopted as sons. All believers walk by the Spirit. That's not true. Or else they (laughs) stop being born again. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Now, we have another question here from Bill about... An article on our website, I had written, he quotes me here, if the Lord Jesus had not been born of a virgin, Isaiah seven fourteen, then he would have inherited a sin nature from his father and he would have sinned, unquote. And then in another article by Mark Rappenchuk, I believe this is a journal article we published. The article was called Universal Sin and Salvation in Romans 5, 12 through 21, And by the way, y'all can look that up at our website, faithalone.org, dated September 1, 2017. The author argued that this passage, that is Romans 5, 12 to 21, which has historically been used as a basis for inherited or imputed sin. Uh, What what else? That's called original sin, isn't it, Ken? Yes. And what's the idea of original sin, briefly? Well, there in Romans 5, 12, when it says, all sinned, That's normally taken or often taken to mean that when Adam sinned, we all sinned. So what that means is at the moment of conception, even before a child is born, the child has Adam's sin imputed to that child. Right. So he goes on to say, if Romans 5, 12 through 21 does not teach the doctrine of original sin inherited or imputed sin, where is it taught? (laughs) That's a good question. And what would our answer be? I would say it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's not taught. If it is taught that way, then wouldn't that mean then that a person who lived a sinless life and died would be sent to the lake of fire? Because they... If, If they didn't believe in Christ. Right. Because they had imputed sin. Right. Right? And isn't that the Calvinist view? 
Oh, it's absolutely. Yeah. They are born sinners. They're born dead. They sinned in Adam. The idea that we were in Adam, and so therefore when he sinned, we all sinned. Yeah, but there are multiple verses that suggest that's wrong. For one thing, God never holds people accountable for that which they're unable to do. So in this way of looking at it, let's say you had a three-year-old that died. Some Calvinists, I'm sure you're aware of this, now not all Calvinists, in fact, most Calvinists don't agree with this, but there are a number of consistent Calvinists that say if a three-year-old dies and that child wasn't elect, then that child is sent to Hades now and ultimately the lake of fire, right? Right. And their view is that's fair, even though they didn't attain the age of accountability and they didn't really attain an age where they were able to believe, but that's fair because they had imputed sin. Yeah, that's the view, right? And they would say that would even be true of a baby or even an aborted baby, Mm -hmm. right? They would say... Well, if they're elect, they're going to be with the Lord. If not, now most Calvinists don't hold that because that's a rather horrible doctrine, wouldn't you say? Yeah. How do you say that to a family who's lost a child? Right. Right. It seems to me that's part of this issue. But another part of this issue is, didn't Jesus say when they asked him about the great commandments, didn't he say, do this and you will live? Right. Well, what does that mean? It sure sounds like if you could keep the law perfectly, you would live. And also, didn't Paul say in Romans 2.13, it's not the hearers of the law who are justified, but the doers of the law? Right. Those who do this, they would get immortality and glory and eternal life. Right. So isn't that hypothetically possible? Hypothetically possible. That's Romans 2.5 through about 11. Right. But you also have Romans 2.13. And the normal explanation of that is that's something which is hypothetical, but not actual, because Romans 3.21 to 31 says... No one is justified by works. Galatians 2.16, three times Paul says a man is justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. There's also another proof that this isn't true, and that would be in the Great White Throne passage, Revelation 20. They're judged according to their works. Yeah, why are they judged according to their works? I think there's two reasons. One is to determine their degree of torment in the lake of fire, but secondly is to show that they're not perfect. And then verse 15 says, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the basis of condemnation is your name's not in the book of life. They don't have life. Right. right. The point is Romans 5.12 doesn't actually say, and Rappenchuck's article points this out. It actually says exactly the opposite of what most say. Read it again, verse 12. It says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Yeah, it doesn't say because all had Adam's sin imputed to them. Exactly. The reason why death has passed to all men is not because I sinned when Adam sinned. It's because I have sinned. When we say in 5.12, all sinned, it means they actually sinned. (laughs) Yes. And so what's past is what some people call the old sin nature. It's from the father to the children. Jesus being born of a virgin, there was no sin nature. He was sinless. Had he have been born of a human father, well, then he wouldn't have been the God man. And then Romans 5.12 would have been true of him, too. Exactly. It's wonderful to know that people are not predestined to heaven or hell before they're even born. 
But we are sinners and we all sin and therefore we need life. Yes. And that is always keeping grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that interesting discussion. Would you like to deepen your understanding of Scripture and the Christian life? Well, a great place to start is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We've got all kinds of free materials on the site available for you. One of those which is extremely popular is our magazine, Grace in Focus. It comes out six times a year. It's full color, easy to read, and people are really growing who read it. So stop by and get a free subscription at faithalone.org. We would like to thank all of our financial partners who help us keep this show going. All gifts are tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can be a financial partner, visit us at faithalone.org. We are so happy when we hear from listeners. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And when next we meet on Grace in Focus, we'll be answering a question concerning Bible teachers and what should be done with more controversial passages that are in the Bible. Looking forward to seeing you then on the next Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep Grace in Focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.